guys, welcome back. I'm Liana. And I'm Rosalind. And today we have Redver's very own general counsel, uh, George Lambert. Hello. So George, can you tell us about what you do at Red Roof? Sure. Um, I am an attorney, and I'm Red Roof Inn's top attorney. In fact, I'm uh, Red Roof Inn's only attorney. Um, so uh, my duties are very vast, and it includes interacting and working with every single department as it relates to legal issues and contracts and agreements and those types of things, as well as um, safety and security uh, falls under my purview, government relations, um, compliance, audit, uh, all of those uh, sort of roll up underneath uh, my direction. So I affect the company in many different ways and I deal with all facets of the organization. You've actually had a very long career in the legal field. Sure. So could you talk a little bit about that? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, I started, uh, I, I, of course, uh, in order to become an attorney, you have to go to law school. Right out of law school, I took a position with a law firm here in Columbus, about a 30 attorney law firm. There, I, uh, I practiced uh, government political subdivision immunity defense, just sort of a long, long uh, term for I represented the government when they were sued in the civil context. So then how did you end up in hospitality from that? I have an interesting story about that. So I actually grew up in the hospitality industry. Much like our franchisees here at Red Roof, I, uh, I started sort of in the hospitality industry, not only as a career, but also as uh, the relative of a hotel owner. My grandfather was one of the very first franchisees in the state of Ohio for another brand and he owned a hotel outside of Cincinnati. Of course uh, we would visit there quite often and I grew up in Ohio. I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio and so we would of course visit my grandfather's hotel. He also had a hotel here in downtown Columbus and so I grew up around the hotel and in the hotel industry. Many franchisees who I talked to relate to this story but every time the hotel brand would require my grandfather to switch out the furniture I would get new furniture uh, for my bedroom. So it's very exciting, very exciting. One of the many perks of the hospitality. One of the many perks, yes, yes. And that was, uh, you know, three or four year old bed, but uh, it still still was pretty fun as a little kid. You know, get a lot of different uh, variety like that. So outside of just the hospitality industry, are you a big traveler or do you enjoy to travel? Yes, um, I, I sure do. I am of Greek descent and my wife is of Greek descent as well, and we have quite a bit of family members still in Greece. We like to travel to Greece, we like to travel to Italy, and of course we like to travel all throughout the United States. So last year, I think it was last year, it might have been the year before, if you remember, you won the chili cook-off, correct? That's correct, yes. And you did a, was it a traditional Greek chili? I did, yes. If you could kind of describe that chili for our listeners, because <laughs> I had a lot of questions about the chili, sure. and kind of the way that it differs from more traditional chilies. Sure. Well, you know, it's... It, <laughs> I've thought about this since you, know, you wanted the contest. I'm, I'm happy you asked the question because many people may not know this, but um, Skyline Chile was founded by Greeks. So immigrants came over from Greece. They started their business in uh, Cincinnati. And what they did is they took a Greek chili recipe and implemented it in their restaurants. And now, of course the famous Skyline Chili has come about. So the recipe that we used in order to win the Red Roof Inn Chili Cook-Off Contest was a traditional Greek chili. 
which does not contain beans or onion. Well, it does have onions, but no, but no beans and you know, sort of all these different types of things people put into chili. It doesn't have tomatoes, right? It has. It did have tomatoes. It was. It was. I can give you the recipe right over here. If, you know, I guess I'm giving away all the family secrets. But <laughs> essentially, you saute onions in olive oil. You add tomato paste. You can add diced tomatoes if you want. I don't believe the recipe we did had diced tomatoes, but it was tomato paste um, and tomato based sauce. Olive oil, of course, is an integral to the recipe, as well as the secret to any Greek cooking, which is cinnamon. Oh, so that was the difference maker. And so cinnamon in Greek cooking is sort of the secret, uh, very, very secret ingredient that you put into them in any recipe. So if you've ever had Greek lasagna, also known as pasticcio, cinnamon is contained in there. So when cinnamon, of course, everybody thinks of cinnamon as something that should be put on top of uh, coffee or cafe mochas or those types of things. But, but if you use it appropriately in cooking, you get a different flavor that's actually very good. You also got married in Greece, correct? That is correct, yes. So I, I, my, uh, my wife and I were both born in the United States, but of course we maintained uh, strong ties and connections to Greece. We met here in Columbus, but my wife has a very unique Greek story. So she was born in Erie, Pennsylvania, but her uh, mother was born in Greece. She has her aunts, her first cousins, her grandparents uh, are still all in Greece. Mm. So when it came time to try to decide where to get married, um, she sort of felt torn between two countries. And so we ultimately decided, well, let's, you know, let's give it a go and get married in Greece. But many, many folks would think, boy, you're getting married in Greece, you're probably gonna get married on a beach or an island, and, uh, and you're gonna see a beautiful sunrise and those types of things. That was not uh, no. the case for us. <laughs> no, no. Uh, my wife is from a town in Greece called Karditsa. And Karditsa is in the central part of Greece. So think of the Greek word or the English word cardio. Right, mm-hmm. so cardio is the central centralization of your system, right? And so, um, Karditsa is central Greece, and it is in the deep, deep mountains of Greece. Mm. And so, we were married in the mountains. And my wife's family, um, a very fascinating, interesting bunch, um, <laughs> they were the last folks to come down from their village. So, in Greece, um, Greece is a, a made up of well, well, you know, 50 years ago was made up of many different types of villages and islands, of course, right? So you have the mainland, you have villages, and then you have all these different islands. And so um, the village that, uh, that uh, my wife's family is from, um, their family, they were shepherds. And so they would uh, raise and grow sheep all along the mountains of the village. And, uh, and her grandfather was uh, sort of refused to come down from the village. So what happened in modern times in Greece is everybody left their villages and moved to Athens or moved to cities and got regular jobs and those types of things. But my wife's family was the very last. And so my wife uh, would spend every summer of her life, essentially, back in the village where she would experience no running water. Uh, she would have to use an outhouse. Uh, I think they had, a li- they had electricity in one room. My wife is an excellent cook, in fact, you know, I, I claimed that I made the Greek chili, although I helped a little bit, but it was her recipe and her, and she did most of the heavy lifting. Um, so, but she looked, she learned to cook over an open flame. Oh wow! In the oh, village wow. in Greece, and so a very, very fascinating story. So the uh, shepherd family, right, my wife's family, they decided it's time to time to come down from the mountain, and so they came down from the mountain and they started a business where they sold awning. 
awnings. Awnings, mm. also known as tentes in Greek, awnings are the most important thing you can have in a Greek household because in the land of the sun, of course, Greece is very strong, warm climate. In the land of the sun, they sell shade. Right. And so uh, Greece is made up of many apartments, very multi-level, you know, seven, eight-story apartments, and your porch in your awning matters the most. And having that ability to sit outside, enjoy the weather, but not have the sun hit you is one of the biggest businesses in Greece. And so they're one of the biggest awning installers and manufacturers in all of Greece. And not only are they so big in Greece, but they've now moved into France and Germany. So were they like one of the first people in that area to sell awnings or did they, they just... They were not. They were not. They weren't a first mover, but they did it so well. One of the reasons why they did it so well is because they grew up in highly elevated areas. Mm -hmm. And so in order to install awnings, you're, you have to be climbing up buildings and, and you know, they were just good at it. Actually, in fact, they, uh, they installed uh, awnings, I believe, for the Olympics in 2004 when that was in Greece. Oh, so they're like big, big. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're pretty big. They have a giant factory right, right outside of Karditsa. Pretty successful business. So it's an amazing story, you know, to think about. But they still maintain very, very strong ties to their village mm. and their traditions. And so I'm from southern Greece. My family is from Sparta. We call it Sparti in Greek, and also from Tripoli. Mm. And so the southern Peloponnesian Peninsula, we're known as essentially the old Greeks, right? The ancient Greeks. You read about us in history books. Mm. So it was an interesting marriage of two interesting Greek areas. But for our wedding, they, in each area, I would say, has all their own traditions. Mm -hmm. Some of them overlap, but because Greece is so mountainous and there's so many islands, the various areas of Greece have developed their own traditions. Sure. And so we went through a very traditional Greek, Karditsa, Vlasi is the name of the village where my wife's from, a ceremony. And everything leading up to the wedding ceremony was really about the wedding traditions, the, the traditional actions that one would take uh, getting married to a girl from this particular village. Can you kind of walk us through what that Yeah, they're like? actually extremely bizarre. I'm not going to lie. I had a lock that was put in my uh, wedding suit. And I'm not sure why. I think it probably has something to do with the binds of marriage and, you know, the fact that I guess I'm trapped. I'm not, not really sure. <laughs> like, a big, so, like a big lock? Like a padlock? It was a key lock. It was oh. small. It was, okay. uh, I mean, it was a small lock because it had to fit inside my suit coat. But it did, but yeah. Like a luggage lock. Like a luggage lock. Yeah, great example. So yes. I want to know, so as, like, as you're going through these steps, what's going through your head? Do you, do you like, look this up before so you know what the traditions are going to be and you're prepared? Or are you just going yeah. with the punches? You know. Just not asking questions? So it was fascinating because what happened was uh, my wife and I were debating, you know, what, what should we do? Should we get married in Greece? We, we thought we wanted to. And so we called my wife's mother. And Greece is seven hours ahead of us. I said to my wife's mother, I said, to my mother-in-law now, I said, please do not tell anyone yet. We haven't finalized the decision. We would like to, you know, we would like to just think it through before we really tell anyone, but we wanted your thoughts to see if it was logistically possible. Well, my wife was then awoken in the morning by all of her relatives because mm -hmm. my mother-in-law had told the world that, you know, the kid, you were getting, married, we're getting in married in Greece. Yeah. And so... Well, um, when the mother-in-law finds out, I think that means you're getting married right. in Greece. Right, we didn't have a choice at yeah. that point. Yeah, right. at that point We were 75% sure, and then, of course, when we received the calls. Yeah. And the calls that we received were uh, the reception hall has been booked, mm -hmm. the church has been reserved, oh. 
awesome. So you're, you know, essentially it's done, right? Yep. And then the other calls we received as we led up to the wedding were, well, what colors do you want? And my wife said, well, I'd like the color orange. So they said, okay, orange. There was no other decisions we made. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't choose a cake. We didn't choose decorations. We didn't choose, you know, flowers or any of those things. It was all taken care of uh, Did she by my wife. Her dress? She did choose her dress. Okay. There's a funny, I could tell you a funny story about her dress. The wedding dress. And my wife was able to choose her own wedding dress. So we traveled over to Greece together. And I had measured how big of a carry-on we could take. Mm -hmm. And so I had measured it perfectly. And, and I got a suitcase for my wife. It was half plastic, half duffel bag type suitcase. And so she said, look, I, the one thing I can't lose is my wedding dress. Like, if my, the rest of our luggage doesn't come, we can get you a suit, because they don't wear tuxedos in Greece, they wear suits. We can get you a suit, everything we need, but I need my wedding dress. So I need to travel with my wedding dress. So we got to the airport, and we went to check in to, get, uh, to check our luggage, and the ticket agent said, look, you need to check that bag that has the wedding dress in it. And I said, ma'am, I'm sorry, I, I measured and everything, and it's a parked duffel bag, so it actually smushes, like you can mm. squeeze it into the appropriate place. And we, you know, we just need this as we're getting married in Greece. You know, we really can't check her wedding dress. She said, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to let you through. You need to check that bag. We didn't know what to do. We said, okay, the wedding dress was in a garment bag. Mm -hmm. So we're like, all right, well, if we take the wedding dress out, will you let us take the wedding dress? She, they're like, oh, yeah, that's no problem. So that made no sense to us, you know. It felt like a scene out of Meet the Parents, right? You yeah. know, you're sitting there talking the ticketing agent. So we've got this giant dress now, and the <laughs> garment bag happened to be hot pink. Mm -hmm. So of course, you know, we're walking through the airport with this giant hot pink garment bag, and of course, my wife is upset, and she's sort of, you know, crying because she's like, "My God, you know, this is this is just not what I planned," you know, mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff, and everybody's congratulating her. <laughs> because they see her with this yeah. giant hot pink wedding dress. They're like, oh, she must be on her way to get married or she must be on her way back from getting, you know, that kind of stuff. So I thought that was hilarious. I went to great lengths to not look at her dress. Right? That's so what I was thinking. I needed to maintain this tradition because, of course, we all know it's bad luck if you see mm -hmm. the bride's dress prior to the wedding. And so I tried very, very hard not to see the dress. We, you know... Anytime Rita had to look at it or check it or anything like that, I you know, closed my eyes, covered my eyes, you know, all this kind of stuff. So Hitas picks us up from the airport, and he drives us straight to the bottom of the mountain in Greece, in Karditsa, in the hometown, four-hour drive from Athens. Uh, Rita's grandfather has a house at the bottom of the mountain. So they said, okay, take all your stuff, put it into Rita's grandfather's house. We're going up to the village, which was another 45 minutes up the mountain. Mm -hmm. So we take all of our stuff throw it into the house, and they're like, take one bag, because you'll only be there one or two nights, so just take what you need, and oh, by the way, give us your suit, we'll have it dry cleaned, mm -hmm. give us the wedding dress, we'll have it pressed, and all this kind of stuff, we'll have to all be taken care of, you go up to the mountain for two days, come back, and you'll have everything, you, you know, done. So we go up to the mountain, uh, and spend the evening at the village, and at this point, I told you earlier that Rita's family had no running water, and all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff, they've built this beautiful cabin you know you'd pay a thousand dollars a night mm. to stay there if it was wow. a hotel mm. overlooking the beautiful mountains the most serene area i mean it just incredible i mean just an incredible experience and of course rita my wife was upset at me because uh she said well you never experienced 
the village <laughs> the way I did. Yeah. You yeah. got to show up uh, and see the lap of luxury, you know, running water and showers and, and mm-hmm. television, cable television, you know, all these kind of things. And she's like, my God, you, you know, you didn't get to experience. This is the one thing I wanted you to do is experience this because she had not been back since they built the house. And mm-hmm. so it's a be- beautiful, beautiful house. And so we stayed in that house for a night or two. Uh, with the whole the whole family and you know everybody was there and all this kind of stuff, and so we come back down to the grandfather's house at the bottom of the mountain, and I go into my bedroom and there is Rita's dress, no. hanging on a mannequin on display, and I thought, my gosh, you know, I really all thoughts of you know United yeah. States traditions or or American traditions or whatever it is are just out the window at this point mm-hmm. because we are just following. <laughs> sort of whatever these folks want to do and we didn't have really any kind of control say or thought on that i mean i you know i i think we even told them like look you know you need to protect the dress from george you know he can't see it you know my wife told them all this and of course uh, that did not happen so it was like you didn't go into the wrong room like it was your room was my room with prominent yeah so i basically slept uh for four days before the wedding with the wedding dress. Oh, they didn't uh, move it after that. No. Oh. They didn't care. No, they <laughs> okay. Didn't care, so. I thought this was a mistake. Yeah. yeah no. Me too. This was no. deliberate. Was no, this was no, this was they this was the, they needed to display the dress. Well, thank you so much, George. It's been a pleasure having you on here. If you want to hear more from us, you can find us on social at Redroof Inn or visit our website, redroof.com. Thank you so much again for tuning in, guys. We will catch you next week. Happy Tuesday and safe travels. Oh.